Welcome to the Decade Podcast, the podcast that takes an in-depth look into the 2021 project started by comedian Mark Watson. I'm your host, Chris Jack. I'm a little bit like Mark, slightly disheveled looking, always wearing a band t-shirt, and I also used to live in Bristol, except when I was there, I was watching Bristol Rovers instead. If you're not aware of Decade, it was a project started by Mark, which asked people to pledge life goals to achieve over 10 years. The goals could be big or they could be small, take 10 minutes or 10 years. And the community that gathered around these goals has grown over time. This podcast was started to give that community a space to share their progress. Today, we're going to be talking to Hare about her goals in a conversation that ranges from autistic catnip to realising self-worth. Without further ado, these are the Decade Goals of Hare. Welcome here to the Decade Podcast. It's Thank absolutely you. lovely to have you here. Thank you. Good to be here. So start by introducing yourself really to the listener. Okay. Um, I'm Hare. I'm 36. I'm from Scotland. Well, no, I'm from England. I've moved to Scotland and they have grudgingly accepted me. Now that's, that. they're very lovely. I just um, don't speak when I'm outside. It's fine. Oh, so you have to actually not talk so that and in I, case that exposes I just, you. I just think it's probably for the best. You know, it's just otherwise I'd be apologizing for it all the time. Hi, sorry, I've moved here from England. I'm yeah, I'll just go back. It's fine. <laughs> I find when I have to open my mouth, I just have to apologize straight off. Not because yeah. of the sound of my accent, but because of what I've normally what I've said. <laughs> I just keep me keep my mouth shut. Really advice for anyone, really. Just be quiet. Yeah, just be quiet. Uh, That's great. If you won't be quiet today, um, uh, we're going to talk about um, Decade and the project and everything that's been going on with everyone um, who's been involved in it since it started a couple of years ago. The first thing I just want to ask you is, how did you hear about Decade? I, um, I had a strange fandom journey, which went from September 2022, 21, I think. I've kind of lost track of time now. So at September, I discovered Taskmaster and then my brain kind of imploded. And um, within a month, I'd watched all of it, which was 12 seasons. And I bought the book and I'd gone a bit mad. And um, then I discovered this thing called No More Jockeys and went even more mad. I went, right, uh, I love all these guys. What can I find? And I had to find everything that all of them had ever done. So I was reading Mark's books. And I was going, what's Mankind and what's, where have I seen Tim Key before? Oh my God, it's from this. I'm going to go and watch, rewatch Inside Number Nine and just trying to consume as much media as I possibly could. And then eventually I did it a weird way around because I went to the house first and it was so weird and so funny. And then other people were mentioning, I started, you know, friending people on Twitter and they kept going on about decade. And I thought, well, what is this? It was, ominously blank in terms of what content was on there and I thought is this like the house is this going to be another weird hostage situation where I'm only going to understand it three weeks later because uh, you know there's a 20 page long twitter thread um, but no I, I finally worked out how discord worked and I got in there and uh, went oh this is really wholesome and nice and not like the house at all this is great this is nice it's a lovely bunch of people and people seem to be really supportive. And um, yeah, I thought I'll give it a go. 10 years, don't really know what to start with. I like that idea that 
it's like the house, but you've not been told anything yet. And then in 10 years time, suddenly it's all going to be revealed. And it's, it's yeah. just you in a room talking to, <laughs> to people that don't exist. Um, <laughs> and I think your the Taskmaster explosion, I think, is a really mm. common theme with a lot of people that have just gone something like Taskmaster and discovered something. And it's it's a bit like listening to a song of a band that you like. You listen to that song and you listen to the album and you listen to the solo stuff and you kind of just explore that world. And I think Decade kind of collects all of those different things and all of those different people. And it's really like-minded. It's a community which I never expected to find. What's nice about it is it's it's quiet and it's not, it's unassuming and it's not like Twitter. Or walking down the street where it's just noise and shouting and uh, people getting angry. It's just a very mellow. You joined in, you started in 20, I'm going to work this out. So it wasn't last yeah. September, was it? So it was September 21. No, September 21. So I joined in January 2022. So I've been in decade for about a year. And it was, it's always a bit nerve wracking thinking, oh, how do I join a 10 year project? after it's already started and I'm like is this okay can I hello I think the thing that um sums up most decaders are we are the people going is this okay I just want to read all of the rules really really quickly before I commit to this because I'm anxious so I went to see Mark this week um two gigs absolutely fine I said you know here's your book please sign my book he said, have you got a pen? I said, yes, I have three pens. I said, with all the pride of someone who's been carrying around a pen for 20 years waiting to be asked. And he said, you know, I knew you would. I knew you would have a pen. And I thought, yes, we are the people who have pens. We're the people who make spreadsheets. We're the people who are pretty anxious, but kind of trying to make the best of it. And we're all really, really nice. And I love Decade so much. It's such a good community. What I would like on a T-shirt are, we mm. are the people that make the spreadsheets. <laughs> um, you know that phrase, we're the uh, daughters of the witches, they didn't burn. It's almost mm. like, we are the product of the people that make the spreadsheets. And I, I, feel that's, I feel that really sums it up. You talked about being anxious about joining. Mm. Coming in late, was that was that difficult in terms of you know one of the big things about decade is it it doesn't have to be for the whole 10 years it doesn't have to be right at the beginning people come Mm. and go all the time and you joining that a little bit later was that difficult for you only in terms of what I'd created inside my own head not in terms of the actual community or how it functions because as you say it's I mean it's it's a sort of arbitrary 10 years that mark has set out but it's it's not like a limit you get to the end of that and go well i did have other ideas but that's it now time time's ticking time's oh, up. It. sorry oh i had a really good streak on duolingo but uh no project's over now so oh well bye everyone um no but i you know you're you're anxious from the outside you don't you don't quite know what's going on in in there and you don't know am i going to be accepted is it going to be okay and it was and everyone's lovely, as we know. People ask me about decade, and I don't really know what to say. No, it's no. almost like not something you can explain. Yeah, I was just trying to explain it to um, my husband, and it didn't really make any sense. 
the way I was, I said, well, it, it's a project and we've got 10 years and it's about making goals and, but it's not even about making goals and holding yourself accountable in some sort of competitive, it's not like an atmosphere, like in a gym where it's all about who can get the highest, who can get the most. It's about trying to beat other people. It's, it's collaborative and it's, everyone's so generous and kind with each other's goals and successes I love it especially in the in the meeting we just had where people who are brilliant talented music musicians start to um play something and they they play the most beautiful thing you've ever heard and they go yeah I just sort of it's not really very good I chucked it together in 10 minutes so, oh yeah it's really rubbish my voice and you go this is the most beautiful thing I've ever heard oh my god you're so talented you know people doing artworks and writing books and um everyone's so talented and brilliant and part of it is just trying to hold up a mirror to them and going look look how brilliant and talented you are you're actually fantastic and I think um well that's one of the things I have needed and I have found in decade and I think that's what a lot of other people have needed as well what's nice is giving the opportunity for people to do those things and showcase those things and mm. you know bring that out because they are as you say amazingly talented yeah what's really nice is I've not found many people going oh they're amazing so I must be shit <laughs> you know and uh, and people will tend to do that and I think maybe especially with the high levels of anxiety just generally of the people joining in I think you might tend to look at someone creating a beautiful artwork or and then turn it in on yourself and go ah so I must be comparatively terrible there doesn't seem to be a lot of that I think um not not in the discussions not in the and if there is then it's immediately you know a a sort of a a crowd of people will descend and give them virtual hugs and kind of go yeah no you're fantastic in this way in this way and I think it's almost it's almost not allowed to be down yeah. on yourself and criticize yourself, particularly in that scenario where you've looked at something and gone, oh my God, that's amazing. I must be the opposite of that. Mm. And I think as soon as people sort of latch onto that, they will descend upon you and build you up <laughs> and go, no, no, you're amazing in this, this and this and this as well, mm. which I think is, is a lovely bit of it. It's definitely encouraging. Yeah, um, and part of it's just going actually these are the things that you're really good at particularly and these are the things we value you for and they're not the same as how we value anyone else but that's fine you're different and I'm getting so into my own um uh self-worth journey from this whole year but working out that I didn't need to be the world's best pianist or because I can just I'm I'm still on my um, simple piano for beginners book, which has not been touched. I bought my piano, and two weeks before I watched my first episode of Taskmaster, <laughs> I have not touched my piano. So that was September twenty one. Yeah, yeah. I bought it for myself for a birthday present. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do it. This is this is who I am now. I'm the piano person. I've entered a new stage in my life. And then I watched Taskmaster and went, no, no, I'm the Taskmaster person. That's a good thing. That's a really good thing. It is. 
what were your decade goals originally? Originally, I think I I tried to be quite specific because I looked at the examples that other people had written and did the um, typical thing when joining a community and going, how does one behave in this place? I will assimilate myself seamlessly in a in, in sort of more of an autistic way than a Borg way than I've kind of described. <laughs> and uh, so I set out quite um, quantifiable goals. You know, I hope to have learnt this piece of music on the piano. I hope to have painted something that I can put on my wall. I hope to have run X amount of miles. And that turned out to not be what I actually wanted to focus on. It turned out that that isn't how that works for me. That isn't a useful way for me to structure my life and structure my goals. And what did work was thinking, how can I have fun? How can I do things I enjoy? How can I be brave? You know, you can't you can't quantify it, but you can do things that you, when something comes up, you go, oh, this, yeah, this counts. This definitely counts. I mean, it's not going to get to a point where I go, great, I've achieved braveness. Uh, I've achieved bravery. That's it. I'm a brave person now, but I can just keep doing that. And I found that that's been fantastic. And that has led incrementally on from, from January last year. January last year, I'd been to one gig on my own and that was in the December you know and that was really really recent it was really new the idea that I could go out by myself and go through a, a town I didn't know and a theatre I didn't know and enjoy an evening and then go back home was a larger barrier than it is for maybe a lot of other people it was something that felt oh I just I don't do that you know I I stay at home and, you know, there's lots of good reasons for that. It's very challenging when you're autistic and, you know, getting sensory overload and being around large groups of noisy people and wanting to sort of fidget or stim. Stimming is, uh, so I've got like a fidget thing that I'm just twirling around my fingers for this whole time, just because that's nice. But people look at you and uh, someone at the one section gig actually um a woman behind me made a comment to her friend uh, a not very nice comment uh, just because i was very happy and excited and i was flapping my hands uh, the gig hadn't started i wasn't obscuring her view i wasn't ruining her evening i was just being happy and uh she made me feel absolutely worthless and i thought oh that's a shame maybe i'm not safe at gigs you know maybe i can't go out and be myself. I, you know, on reflection, I would wonder why you're not expecting to see autistic people at a horn section gig. Uh, frankly, <laughs> Alex Horn is autistic catnip. <clears throat> All the fans I know are autistic. I don't know if it's because yeah. that's the state of being a fan, but come on. <laughs> I, I love your description of Alex Horn being autistic catnip. <laughs> The idea that you can't do something because of someone else's projections, not a society that should aspire to. It's something that, you know, we should be accepting people and adjusting our own behaviours to make sure it's inclusive and create that inclusive environment. When you talked about setting your goals being quite tangible, 
and then sort of moving away from that to it being a bit more nebulous from being something like learn piano or learn French to mm. something which is a bit more be brave. And then you've sort of then combined those two things, almost the be brave has then stemmed off into increased gigs, increased engagement, increased going outside and those kind of things, which is almost led back to the more tangible type things. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah, I hadn't really thought of that. Also, I love the word nebulous. That's brilliant. That's the word of the day. Yeah, I, I think in terms of the, you know, the more tangible goals, I think they're shorter term goals. It's it's as I can see them. It's It's like looking at an object on the horizon and aiming for that rather than going, okay, but 20 miles further, there's a castle. But what I can see is a tree. I'm just going to aim for the tree. And eventually, maybe one day I'll get to the castle. Because uh, I think if I if I try for some massive goal that I can't see the steps of how to get there, then I'm going to stop. I think that's just part of my personality. Like a few years ago, I did Couch to 5K and um, I was running. Oh, yeah, it was the pandemic. That's why I knew it was something bad. <laughs> like, I'm sure I did this for a really good reason. Yes, because I was only allowed out of the house for one hour a day. I remember that. Um, and then I set myself a goal of doing 100 runs in one year, which I thought was really good. You know, that'll be sort of every three, four days at least. And it crucially, it wasn't about distance. Mm -hmm. As long as I wasn't holding myself to and you have to do really well. It was just, you have to try. That's been, that's kind of been the the goal there, which is, which is similar to be brave, which is, you just have to try. It doesn't matter if you get to this, I kind of allow myself not to fail, but to be too ill. Hmm. Sometimes, you know, I, I went to, um, a few gigs this week and all the time I was thinking it's okay if you need to leave early it's okay if you need to say this is too much for me or if you have a meltdown um, last year I went to the fringe for one show only and it's not for me it's too busy it's too noisy I had several I had two meltdowns in one evening. I was only there for six hours. And once you've got to the point where you're sobbing and going, but Dara Breen can see me. And I wonder what he's thinking about me having a panic attack in this theater. And you go, get out of your own head there. Yeah. <laughs> it was not a wholly safe environment for me. I didn't feel like it wasn't like watching it at home I couldn't just get up and get a drink or something it was also it was too much for me and I have to allow myself to say actually that's okay actually yeah. I don't need to prove anything to anyone I found that obviously with lots of other autistic fans going to the fringe most of the people I know who go to the fringe go to see uh, sort of three to four shows a day and uh, we'll go for the entire month and um, have a very intense time with it, which is absolutely fine. And 
again, because it's connected, like you said, like with Taskmaster, the my jockeys, decade, the house, all these different things, you think, oh, maybe this is for me as well. You know, maybe going to the fringe is something I'd really enjoy. And it was difficult for me to kind of go, actually, it's okay if I don't enjoy that. And um, I haven't failed. It's not because autism. I don't know why I took it so personally, but it it, it really, I really you, set it up as I wanted to achieve going there. And I, I would say to that is you achieved two really big things. You went and that self-awareness to understand that it wasn't for you. That's two pretty, pretty amazing things. Lots of people don't ever achieve that. And I think the fact that you're talking about that now and talking about that really openly is a positive, positive thing because you can now put that in a, put that in a box to understand that the next time it's okay if I don't go because I understand mm. that's how it affects me and it goes back to kind of self-worth for yourself mm. as much as anything. You talked a little bit about how your goals have developed over time. Did you reevaluate your goals? Did you write new goals or yeah. They just sort of morph into what you were talking about, that more kind of nebulous approach. Yeah, I think they just, to be honest, I haven't looked back at my goals for quite a while. I think I maybe briefly took a look when it was New Year's because people make resolutions and you start to think about it and then you go, oh, yeah, I'm in this I'm in this 10 year project. I should take a look at that and see how that I almost don't want it to feel like my annual review at work where I'm making um notable you know progress towards these eventual goals I kind of want it to be more fun than that and it is more fun than that so yeah I I don't think I've actually written up much more about my my current goals mostly because they're not particularly tangible mm. as I said there won't there won't be a point where I go right I've attended all the gigs I want to attend I'll just stay at home now forever all of um, the gigs are done all of the gigs are done yeah I think what you said about it not being an annual review, mm. I think is a really nice way of looking at it. Because I, I think you're then, that, I think that increases the anxiety, increases mm. the, the pressure on you not achieving. Yeah. And if it became that for me, it would be, it would diminish what is the, the projects. It shouldn't be about that. It's about most setting, setting something. And then if it happens, it's great. If it doesn't, something else good might happen as a result. Yeah. It's, it's sort of, I was almost going to say it's, it's like not being accountable, but it, it's not being held accountable by external forces, not being told, not telling yourself, oh, I've failed or I've, I've missed this goal. It's actually going, looking at what I wrote last time, does any of that still match up with what I want to do? Does that still match up with what's important to me? Like being able to paint something that I put on my wall. I couldn't care less. Yeah. I don't know why I wrote that. I'm not interested anymore. Obviously very important at the time, but actually not relevant. So for me, definitely it's it's about attitude towards things. I think that's kind of quite easy for me to say because I've got a job which I absolutely love. I've just bought a house which has achieved a lifetime goal of having somewhere to live where I can have a pet and I don't have to get someone else's permission I've got a lovely husband and um so I've kind of got 
the set things you mm. know I've got I've got this base of very secure things it's not like when I was in my 20s I was like oh, I've got to get my degree I've got to get somewhere to live I was you know I was on minimum wage it was all these different challenging things it's I'm really really lucky to be at this stage in my mid-30s where I go actually I'm happy with you know all these core things in my life what can I do that's fun and and enjoyable and you know other people have got things like oh I want to get into uni or I want to do this degree and that's that's fantastic but that's kind of not where I I am at the minute by this point I've forgotten the question no, I think it's really nice that you're just talking you said about your base mm-hmm. do you think that your base has allowed you to engage more in these types of projects and these sorts of aims and goals because you're more secure and you know you've got a really nice foundation to build from you know, something to, something to work from rather than scrabbling around, as you said, like that mid-20s, yeah. ah, what am I doing oh, with my lifetime? 20s are just the worst, aren't they? Absolutely <laughs> awful. Yeah, 30s, so much better. Always happy getting older because, if anything, it's just pushing me further away from my 20s, which were terrible. I think it does help. It's going, actually, I've got all of the cool things but it's like that maslow's hierarchy of needs you know once you get to a certain point you know you've got your food and your shelter and your housing and then you go and this is the bit where i've been able to look at self-reflection and self-worth and oh don't start me crying again (laughs) apparently that phrase just sets me off (laughs) self-worth um probably the most important thing i did this year was get counseling in the last 12 months and that's yeah that's been transformative you know not to be like one of those dickheads who goes on about oh, you should try yoga oh, fuck off. um but <laughs> no you don't have to get counseling i found it very very useful but i do think counseling it would be really beneficial to some people and mm. not work with others but it's a really important people that when you do make that step to engaging in that it can be really rewarding and it can be really beneficial looking back on your goals what i'm quite i say quite excited about the project is looking back at those goals in 10 years time Mm. in this with a with a different eye because i i know i'm not the same person as i was 10 years ago and i wasn't Mm -hmm. the same person as i was 20 years ago and whether you will look back on your goals and go i'm so embarrassed by them (laughs) and that be a good thing and that'd be a good yeah. thing. And actually, it's, I'm so far away from that. And actually, it speaks to your self-worth might be a real measure of that mm. because you're you're using your self-worth to set particular goals. And then 10 years later, your self-worth will be going, I'm better than that now. Listening to you talk, you're better than you were a year ago in that regard. Mm. And I think, you know, in two years' time and in three years' time and four years' time, hopefully that there's some growth there across everything i don't think i have a response to that that's just really nice thank you so in terms of progressing your goals is there anything that you feel you need help on support or guidance to help you get to where you want to be i think at the moment i'm aware that um lots of this the idea of of having fun and doing really good things is because um my mother's very ill she's got dementia and so i'm sort of in a bit of emotional limbo 
with that. So I, I'm aware that at any point, you know, our mental health could be completely capsized. And uh, I mean, that's, that's sort of true of anyone, really. Stuff can come out of nowhere, but I'm more aware of it as a sort of lurking figure in the background. So I almost don't want to make more concrete goals. I think in terms of fun ideas, people people have been sending me actually links to gigs. And they said, right, you've I've seen you come down to London. You can do it. Do you want to come and see this? I'm having to go, no, it costs a lot of money for me to travel to London and stay there for a few days, but thank you. Um, and I've actually the amount of opportunities I've got just with spending time with friends and it's not the oh I've got to go I'm going to go to a gig on my own it's a bit of a you know not because I mean I, I love going to gigs on my own but it's actually nice to um <laughs> I'm autistic you've got to give me this it's actually nice to go to gigs with other people <laughs> I've discovered um it's actually quite enjoyable I didn't understand before I thought people were just being scared because they couldn't do things on their own. Turns out it's a sort of shared community thing. So one of the big things about decade or breaking down some of those barriers that you've got is discovering, and we've touched on it quite a lot, is discovering that, oh my God, there are other people like me. Mm. Yeah. And having that basis and having that solidarity with others is mm. is really important. The reason that people send you links to gigs is because they've been through that or they want to support you and, you know, they're going, you can do this. We've seen you do it and we want mm. you to keep doing it, which I think is really nice. Yeah, it's um, it's immense. I've, I've never had this sort of community before. I've never had this kind of group of friends before, people who really not just in a vague way that they've oh I've got your back but they're actively doing things to try and help you to try and make your life better to you know putting a comment on a tweet or or putting a link to something that you'll find funny or saying I found this hamster that looks like yours it's brilliant don't get too sappy but you're all really lovely so the reason they help you as well is because they are helped by the things that you do. I, I mentioned this a few days ago about the five good things every day. I think that's really inspiring. Reading through those goes, well, actually, I've had a crap day, but oh no, I had a really nice slice of pizza at lunchtime. <laughs> <laughs> or I saw a picture of a hamster, or mm. someone said good morning to me, or those kind of really small things, but they add up and actually go, my day wasn't that bad at all. And reading that you've able to bring all that that of your day is 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 just really really nice. People will read that and go, "Well, I want to help out her because she's really nice every day, and I see something that make her laugh or smile." Hopefully, the washing machine has gone mental uh, and is vibrating the walls. So I'm going to turn that off. <laughs> but also. I was crying from that, okay. so give I will, me a minute. I, I, I will leave you to have a minute with the washing machine. So you mentioned links to gigs and things. Is there anything else that would really help you achieve your goals? I think it's just because it 
it's what everyone's naturally doing by providing emotional support and being nice and distracting me when you know bad stuff's going on with my mum and um just kind of being there for me it's been it's been lovely I'm very slowly getting to grips with the idea that other people value me and the things I do and it, it sounds like a very basic thing but really something I'm getting to grips with so uh, I'm a bit overwhelmed by it I would say that that value has been earned and it's there for you when things won't go particularly well and to distract you and keep you smiling and keep you up So that's the end of my questions. Um, it's been absolutely lovely speaking to you. Um, I hope you've really nice. had a nice time too. Thank you. It's thank been lovely. Thank you, her. Well, that was a wonderful chat with a amazing human being. I really hope you enjoyed listening to it. Please, if you can, go and check out Hair on Twitter. She's at Hair underscore Tasks, especially her five good things, which she posts every day. And it's certainly something I look out for. I want to thank Hair for coming on to speak to me. I want to thank everyone who's helped me pull this together and everyone at home that's listened. And most of all, I want to thank all of the wonderful decaders out there, including Mark, who kicked this whole thing off. You are all solid gold legends.